Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. This is the fourth edition of our hashtag Cult of Evil. Is that what it was called? Ministry of Evil. Ministry of Evil. I'm Tony Alamo. Sorry, got into a little character a little bit. Sorry. Anyway, but uh, we hope you enjoyed the third episode of what we did. Uh, we're getting a little darker now. We're getting into the absolute muck, mire, and filth of this human being. But before we go into that, we must start doing some begging of our own, like asking for money and selling fake products. <laughs> we need your stars. We need your five stars. Please give us five stars. Leave a comment. Leave something. We need some feedback, people. Anyway, we hope you're enjoying it. Do you want to reach us at Facebook? We have our Facebook fan page at Colts Coffee and Conversation. Also at Instagram, Colts Coffee Convo. And then we have our Twitter machine at Colts Coffee Con 1. And, of course, we do have our wonderful email, Colts Coffee Convo at gmail.com. Now, also, we do have the voicemail message system. Yes, we can do it too. one of two ways. We can have you go up to Anchor, if you're listening on Anchor, and leave a voicemail feedback right there on our page. Or you can use your voice recording device on your either Android or iPhone. You can re- record that and then just shoot that off to Cults Coffee Convo at gmail.com. Excellent. All right. Now it's time to do our... Our wonderful... No, no, no. Haven't got that far yet. We still have our disclaimer we have to do. We're just normal, regular people. This is for entertainment purposes only. This is our opinions and our opinions only. And our opinions pretty much don't mean squat, but guess what? They are entertaining. Anyway, that's it. Now, before we get into our cults and our conversation, we must talk about our coffee. Holly, what are you drinking? Well, you know, I decided to take your advice Mm -hmm. And I tried a hot mm-hmm. cloud foam mm. macchiato. Mm. It was very delicious. Right? Isn't it glorious? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I'm not drinking that. I'm actually drinking just a straight up iced black coffee. Boo! That's all right. Gets me through the day. I did have one earlier with two shots and the soy milk. No, nothing. Not a fan. Not a fan. Soy milk is terrible. Eh, it's good in a cappuccino. Anyway, moving forward, here we are, guys. Are you ready to go down this very dark road with just Tony Alamo? I'm ready. Alrighty. Of course, it starts up in 1994. Now, the good thing is he gets convicted by the IRS for ditching, for not paying his taxes. Okay. You know, the government's got to get their own. But the problem is he's still running the church behind prison and he actually isn't running it more effectively now they're mentioning uh, regards to the reason why is because he's been prepping the congregation as they call it for him to be persecuted and so what he's saying is coming true so there entails he's continues to be the prophet of god he had everyone move to it's f-o-u-k-e it's folk I guess it is Arkansas. Yeah, folk Arkansas. Yeah, once he got a yeah, when you got arrested, anyone who children. Yeah, he wanted <clears throat> all the children and all those people to move to folk Arkansas. It was near the federal prison where yes, he was being. Where he was at. Yeah. And he would also be hours on the phone getting reports and running the 
church from prison. Yeah, he was running. Now, that kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Now, the followers, two things real quick. He still had his wives. Okay, he had his wives and he was practicing the polygamy. And it's funny to mention that he was the only one practicing polygamy. I found that kind of curious. But he still had wives uh, practicing polygamy. During this time, the wives are bringing him stuff. Yeah, I think they were visiting him. They were bringing him. Unfortunately, they were tasked with getting photos of the children. It was creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very creepy. And, and the wives are openly doing it. Well, because if Tony said to do it, it was of God because he's the prophet. Right. Now, this is where we get into more detail with some of the people we've seen throughout this entire show. Not knowing what the the real story behind is. You just say just church follow or former member. Mm. Now we come to yes. find out these are actually some of the wives that he had. Yes. He kind of had an idea, but this one's now confirming what I thought and what we all thought was, yes, this is Amy, the purple-haired young lady. She was picked out of the pictures. Yes, she was picked out of the pictures. She was there. He was most of her life, at the beginning of her life, he was in prison. I think he was in about six years. Yeah, I think it was six years. Anyway, she was picked out from the pictures that he was going to marry her. Yeah, he chose to marry her, but she was also out of the fold at that time because she actually got kicked out, I think it was. Well, the reason she got kicked out was because she told her brother that one of her friends liked him. That's weird. That makes no sense, but okay. Well, when they're looking for something to kick you out for and then bring you back in, I guess that's the excuse. I'm not sure. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to me. I really didn't, really didn't get that. When we, what bonus points are you getting? You know, that girl likes you, but I guess you're not, Tony. I don't know. Anyway, moving forward, she requested to work in the offices because she still wanted to be still part of it because all of her friends were. So she was at home babysitting because she wasn't allowed to yeah. go anywhere. Yeah, that's right. She was stuck and at home. So she asked if she could work in, I guess there's a, a an apartment office, which maybe it's some kind of housing office. I'm not sure what Probably, it was. It could be like the ministry office. Or it could have been maybe they had real estate dealings. You know, he had a lot of different businesses. He said, no, you can come into my house in my office and and you can live with me right and then when when she got the letter back she told her mom and her mom was excited that she was going to be marrying tony yeah she said oh you're probably going to be marrying tony now this girl was about 13 at the time i think 13 somewhere in there and then when she was in that house one of the wives kind of this is it was his move to find out about the wives yes we'd have one of the other wives kind of Either set up a story. I'm not sure. It wasn't too clear if it was just a setup or not. Probably was, though, because he's that kind of vindictive human being. Is that she would say that, you know, my brothers did this to me, my brothers did that to me, just to kind of get a feel if she's ever been touched or had any relations at mm-hmm. all at that point. Of course, she didn't know anything about it. Come to find out that he was to be the, you know, he was to marry her because she she didn't know anything about it. They talk about Tony being... Well, Tony ends up getting released. Oh, but we need to mention something about his condition of being released. 
And it has yes. to do with Susan's body. That's correct. Being returned. That's correct, yes. Susan's body was still not found. Now, wait. Carl, how long has it been? Well, what, 10 years now? No. 10 years? Well, she okay, passed away in 84. Pa- no, 82. 82. And he got out in like 98, 97, 90, I, I don't know, 90, the late 90s? I forgot. Well, let's face matter. it. It was... It's a decade. At over least. Over that, because he was in 1994, well, he, he was year, convicted. He got a six-year deal, or he got a six years, but he didn't serve all six. Okay, so he got out in 98 or so? I think it was 98. And she died in 82. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Where, where would you? Never mind. I was like, where did you store the body? But you we know, don't know. We don't know. But but it did have judge, hay on the, it. Yeah. The what? It had hay on it. So it's a, it was in somebody's barn. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So anyway, in order for him to get out of the jail, well, they said that once he, the judge said, once you leave prison, sheriff's department's going to come over there and just pick you up and drive you to the jail. And have you in the jail cell as long as you have, uh, as, unless you return the body. Yes. Unless you return the body. So, of course, before he even, I think it was like the day of, I believe it is, it magically appeared. Yeah, it got anonymously delivered to a, f- funeral, a funeral home. home. Yes. It was uh, let go, and of course, Tony is released. Now, the moment he was released... Uh, he became more subdued because he knew he was going to be watched the whole time because he was on probation. He had to be very secretive now. Yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't control be, what was outside so much. But he could control what was on the inside. Mm-hmm. That basically we're talking about the compound. Now, when they're talking about the house, he was saying that it was like a catacombs, basically like a house with a bunch of add-ons attached to it, and that's where all the wives lived. Once he gets out, he marries Amy, which basically he was... How Amy put it in a nutshell, she goes into the room, he says, okay, here's a ring, puts it on her fingers, now we're married. Yeah, some kind of words that sounded like a wedding ceremony. Yeah. so Nobody for, was there to witness it, though. No, there wasn't. And then it gets a little more gross than this, is that then they start talking about Desiree. Now, Desiree, you don't know, the way they set it up is you think, okay, Desiree's probably a teenager as well. She's talking about her experiences and how, same thing, Tony got married, and then she's talking about how they had to come... Consummate? Consummate, thank you. Consummate the the wedding, and of course, she starts talking about what happened. Not going to get into detail. And same with, during this time, they're back and forth with Amy. She's talking about how they had to consummate their, their, their marriage as well. This is when you find out... Amy's like, I was only 14, and then Desiree drops her wrong. I was eight. And you're just like, mm, I feel. Oh. But overall, in total, he had, was it 24 wives at the time, and nine of those 24 were underage. And he kept using the Old Testament about how, who is it? Rebecca was only That's 10 Rebecca years was only old, 10. and Isaac it was, was 40. Yeah, something was of 40. that nature. So it was a 30. 30-year difference in And there? by the way, I've never heard that before. Ah, phew. Never. I'm not even... I was thinking, should I open up my... No, never mind. I'm not going to go down the road. Of course, then you have Christian show up again, talking about that she knew what was going on because she said that she was also raped by Tony way back in the day. And he, she did tell her mom 
Susan and Susan called her a bold-faced liar. So there's another reason why for her to... And she said she was wouldn't press charges because she would be discredited by her mother anyway. Instantaneously, yeah. Now, uh, I just want to insert this about Christiane. I have a feeling that she had a little rebellious past. It's possible. And that she might have had some drug use and she might have run away and some issues. And that would bolster the fact that she could be discredited. And she also had a child when she was run away. Yeah. She knew how that was going to look, especially back in... And by this time, it was in the 70s, early 70s. It was a different situation with that type of reporting. Yeah, different time, different era. So anyway, so when we start talking about Desiree, when her mom came to visit, begged her to take her home. And she said, well, if you want to, I have to ask Tony. Of course, you know, that's, you know where that answer is going to be. Well, wait. Part of this is... Okay, so the adults are allowing their kids to go and be in that place and knowing that Tony's going to marry them mm-hmm. and knowing what marriage really is, why would they do that? You know what? Well, it was just like uh, what what they said on, uh, on the things, the power of the brainwashing was so strong. I mean, you can go back to Wild Wild Country mm-hmm. where... There was a podcast that was just released about the children. Oh, yeah. Um, stuff did happen there. I'm not going to give it all away, but remember Sean TB? Yes. Okay. Remember her son who passed away? Yes. It was, was it Paul, right? Peter. Son? Peter. Peter. So I guess there was a story that the Bogwan was talking about in, you know, the open chapel area when he was speaking. He was mentioning that, that there was a story. He was saying that there was a, a young boy... And an older woman, and the, I think Peter was maybe fourteen during this happened. All he, and she was, I guess, wanted to sleep with Peter. Was she a sannyasin? Yes. Okay. It's a very fascinating thing to to watch. But basically, he was saying that you know she kind of wore him down, and sure enough, she got what she wanted. She got to sleep with him, and of course, everybody's laughing. And then I guess the Bhagwan mentioned that it was Peter. That did it. Sean TV was in there. She realized, you know, oh my gosh. Her natural reaction wasn't, oh my poor child, or slam him in front of everybody. She actually went with it because it was acceptable. Because that was their culture. So that was what you're saying is the power of the brainwashing. Yes. The power of the brainwashing. So, anyway. uh, Going forward with that. So. Well, yeah. So later on, Sue B. in our story. Yes. She realizes, because of a story about her granddaughter and how she had spilled something and she started crying in fear and she just reassured her, oh, it's okay, honey. But then she realized how much fear that all the children had, including her own sons. Yes. And she felt, you know, very guilt-stricken and they went and apologized to them as adults and and they're starting fresh. Starting fresh. Well, the thing is, is that there was that fact net. Fact net. There was a, they were talking about the internet. This is when the internet just started kind of. Oh yeah. Getting this useful. Is right. This is this is where the attention really started kicking in. Subi. Now she left in '94. Now. Okay. Yeah, the reason why she left was because 
Remember in the previous episode, we were talking about how when she showed up to the restaurant, mm -hmm. remember in Memphis, and there was Tony and that these are my wives, come here my wives, all that kind of stuff. After that incident, she took her family and bounced. So once they took the family and bounced, um, she began to, uh, you know, like you said, start to kind of take a look around, like, you know, with the baby spilling the milk, and that was her grandchild, and she was freaked out because that was the... The culture. Yes. Culture of the church. Well, her son, after, you know, making amends and all that kind of stuff, there's a place, uh, a place called FactNet. And they were talking about how the kids were never spanked and there was always, you know, apologetics over there. Oh, so there was like a plant on the FactNet trying to dispel, quote unquote, rumors of Absolutely. all these horrors exactly. that was going on exactly. in the Alamo so, Foundation. Yes, exactly. So Sue Baisley decides to get on there and said, you know what? I'm going to get on there. I'm going to tell the truth because she's been there from pretty much the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she gets on there, starts doing a little typing, and just lets, lets everything on the blog site. But the thing was is that not only was she getting on there, all the other people who left the Tony and Susan Alamo Foundation were getting on there. Now it's just the Tony, Tony Alamo Foundation. Susan's, of course, been removed from the name. So they're talking about it in X, you know, little by little, little by little. Yeah. The chat, the, the key factors, the key words or whatever, talking about child abuse. And, and uh, then the bride started coming out about how he's marrying underage girls. And, of course, that's just a red flag for, for, the, for the government at that time when they're tracking everything on the Internet. Sure enough, they pretty much put the pieces together. The FBI decides to step in and try to, to do some a little investigation. Now, this is when, during this time, Tony began messing with Desiree. The thing is, the key factor with this is when, when everyone found out about Desiree. Desiree. Everyone as in the people in, 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 in the home. In, in the home. In the, the other wives, right? The other wives. Then they started realizing that, you know what, the fog started lifting. And that's where Amy took off. And that's where she was mentioning, you're going to give me a bus ticket, I'm done. Because there's also... A place called the House of Scorn. Oh, yeah. There's the House of Scorn. Now, during this time, we're talking about the House of Scorn. They're talking about the abuse, especially the underage wives, where they were um, they would be raped every day, beaten by Tony, or, which I noticed, they were beaten by the older wives, the ones that were not underage. Well, it appears that Tony would get other people to do his dirty work, just like when... Justin Miller got beaten. He didn't do the beating. No, he, he had other phone. people. And he would tell them, well, if you don't do it hard enough, you're going to get beat. Exactly. So he probably used that same tactic on the older wives. Yeah, it's possible. And during this time, you show the recordings, which are really creepy, talking about when they're 15, they've had sex at least 10, 15, 20, 100 times already. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, he's they talking They want more like sex that. than men do on this, this, and that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And so they're talking about the House of Scorn. Amy specifically, she said that she was locked up there for months. Wait, let's go back. Sure. The House of Scorn. Now, what was that? The House of Scorn basically was if you were if you made a Tony upset or you did something that he didn't like, you were sentenced to the House of Scorn. Now, was it a physical house? Yes, or... it was. It was a house. It was a house. Oh, I thought it was a greenhouse. No, it was actual. Well, it was a house that was painted green. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh, oh, it was a green. <laughs> 
house. Yes. Well, when she said greenhouse, I well, thought it was like. <laughs> no, no, they showed photos of it. Okay. You're funny. No, <laughs> it was the back house. It was the guest house. Okay. Yeah, all right. That's what the greenhouse was. Was the house of scorn? So he put you. He'd lock you up in there. Well, Amy was locked up in there for months. And all he did was lock the door. You're pretty much stuck in a room, locked up for months. And she would say she would bang on the door, this and that, and no one would answer. So it was obviously basically a mental torture. Amy said that she decided that she was done. She got into his face one day when she was sorting papers, and he was saying that, why are you looking at me that way? He's like, I'm not looking at you at all. He's like, you calling God a liar? Like, basically calling, oh, yeah, calling God. And that's when she just, you know, with her mess with him messing with Desiree, and, you know, it was just the rubber met the road at this point. Now, how about how old was she? Do we know? 14. No. no. She was... She was 21, maybe? I'm trying to remember. She was... She was 14, so 24, yeah. Yeah, she was in her 20s. She was in her 20s. And stuff. Because remember, for some, for some reason, this was going on for over a decade. Yes. So this was over a decade. So she was... Yeah, let's say in her 20s. Okay. Maybe late teens, early 20s. All right, so what happened? How did she end up So leaving? Yeah, so she basically jumped into his face and said, I want to leave. And of course, if you leave, you know, you're going to hell, blah, blah, blah. You can't ever come back. She's like, that's my point. I'm going to get the heck out of here. So she ran to her room, packed her crap. But did he chase her? I don't know. It doesn't mention that yes, he... Yes, ch- he did chase her. He did chase her? He chased her, but she's quicker because he's kind of fat, you know? Kind of. He is fat. And so she managed to escape out well, from under him. Well, for, from what it shows is that one of the wives took her to the bus station and dropped her off. Yes. So, some way, shape, or form, she got a ride by one of the wives. Now, did you know why she took a bus instead yes, of... Yes. She mentioned that she was too scared to fly because she was afraid that God was going to have her crash. Well, that's good thinking because uh, she didn't want to affect other people's lives, you know? That's true. Agreed. That was her little escape. And then it comes, it goes to, then uh, they bring in the bow. He had cameras installed all over the house. He had cameras installed and he was saying that's always for more security, more security, more security. Come to find out he was just there. The cameras only did a few spaces on the outside, but majority of the cameras were on the interior. They the were to spy spaces. on his own people. To spy on his own people. That now, I wanted to say something about he would constantly verbally abuse these wives, especially yes. the underage ones. Oh, yeah. I guess Amy, no, it was... Desiree. One of them answered the phone and couldn't do a very that good was Amy. job. That was Amy. Okay. Yeah. And, of course, they're scared to death every minute they're there. Yeah. But he would say he said something like, "I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make a high image of this church. Some of you, some of you people do nothing but try to drag it down." Yeah, of course. Well, it's funny because I don't know if anybody was well known in that church other than himself. No, he was pretty much. Well, the thing is, is that with well, the wives itself kind of dawned on me. It's like. These women never leave the house? No, they never left the house. Not no, they, ne- never. No, they they were locked up in the house. They studied. They did their homework in the house. They ate in the house. You know, they they were just in the house. They they never ever left the house. And he did this for yeah, for about a little over about ten years now. Once Amy left, then of course we're talking about Desiree. Desiree's escape is next. Now Desiree, when she's leaving, she's only fifteen years old. 
So she's been under that house since she was eight. So you can just pretty much do the math. She's been there almost half her life already under that. So of course she says that she she left in the middle of the night dodging security cameras and the guards and just left with the clothes on her back and her school books. Yes, I guess she was able to contact an aunt mm-hmm. and had her arrange to come and pick her up. I'm sure this aunt knew something was up. Oh, of course. Of course. Well, the thing is is that what happened was once Desiree left, word got out that that two of the wives have left, and that's when the FBI stepped in and said, okay, now we have. Yes, they wanted to talk to them mm-hmm. to find out. And what did they find out from? Well, Amy decided not to speak at all. Right. So it was Desiree it was who Desiree. started to Desiree. speak. Desiree did everything for the most part. Desiree, you know, she didn't want to say anything either, but then she said, hey, you, you can save your sister from all this. And she goes, that was all she needed to hear. So she said, good point. So, so she starts to talk to the FBI saying basically everything that we already know of watching this at eight years old talked about all that and also noted, did mention that he did take Polaroids he did take a lot of Polaroids in proper photos improper photos of the girls hence child pornography mm-hmm. so the FBI goes not to sound mean or weird but they were very happy because that falls specifically under a whole different ball game that's literally federal jurisdiction. Yes. So they're like, okay, now we have our door just to even get a raid going. Uh, then they talked about the story of Summer. Now, Summer was that 11-year-old child who, that was the the story where he raped her on the back of a bus. She was yeah. on a trip going to Los Angeles That's from right. Arkansas. And she was raped in the back of the bus. And that was transporting... Minors over state lines for sex. Yes. So that was another feather in the cap of the FBI to to get more involved. Now, during this time, Tony always knew that there was a raid that was going to happen. Now, during this time, while the FBI is preparing for all this, he's waking the girls up in the middle of the night, they were saying... And what do you Susie throw on? Well, he throws on the, the terrible vi- video of Waco when they did that whole conflagration it's burning of their compound yes and of course he's equivocating what david koresh did as himself so he knew it was eminent yeah it was and then of course on his i believe it's his birthday september 20th 2008 the raid happens now the unfortunate problem is tony was not there when they did the raid he wasn't there but they did have the opportunity to search the house when they had all the kids out, everybody was out of the house, and there wasn't they had to deal with a lunatic inside a house. So it gave them pretty much carte blanche to search the house. Now, unfortunately, they didn't find any Polaroids. But they did find the camera, and they, they found the film. And they found the film, which, which is great. And the reason why he, they didn't find anything is because Amy said, from time to time, Tony would have them destroy all the evidence. So they pretty much burned everything. Oh, and then this other kind of creepy thing about him. Hmm was on these Polaroids, he had a special machine that would enlarge everything. Yeah, because he had glaucoma. I know, right? He's on the run again, right? Because Tony's a runner. That's what they said, he's a runner. (laughs) And of course, they called in the news. He would always call in the news like he did last time when he was on the run. Very, uh, very hubris of him. Well, what the FBI did find also in the bedroom... 
Tony's bedroom. Oh, that's right. I was about that. It was he like found con- they found Viagra? Yeah, and what and was the other thing? It's ovulation tests oh. in the Alamo's bedroom and sets of wedding rings. Yeah. Ugh. There's a lot of things we could extract out of that. I'll let Gross. you do that on your own. Yeah, yeah. Y'all are grown. Ugh. Anyway. Oh, and then all the children were removed. This is important. All the yes. children were removed from all of the ministry's compounds, whether it's California, in Falk, or if they still were in Any of them Dyer. were underage. Any of them. Any of them under, were on the, under the age of 18 removed. were removed and they were put in uh, protective custody. Now, the judge said that you can get your children back if you promise to move out of the church and you leave move, the ministry. And basically. you leave the ministry. You leave the ministry. And a lot of parents didn't do it. No, they did not. That's crazy. That's that's so, so sad. Yeah, it was more, more parents than not declined that offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, so he, of course, Tony, since he did the last thing back to it, he started calling the news. And, of course, a lot of the former members were laughing. Like, really enjoyed him calling in because the news anchors were just making him feel like a fool because they kept discarding him, you know. Well, for instance, he would say something and they would say, he would say something about how in the Old Testament and the Bible, men of God would have all these multiple wives or they would have underage girls and all this and the lady newscaster would say i went to sunday school they never taught i was never told that and then he would say oh you don't know anything about the bible and then one of the men broadcasters would say okay well thank you mr alamo you know thank you and he would start spouting off at them he's like yeah good for you (laughs) yeah just kind of like he would the girls in the house or or his followers and they weren't going for it no no that's that's he yeah yeah so course you know tony's doing this on a quote-unquote secret cell phone <laughs> there's no such thing there's no such thing <laughs> the fbi put a a tag on his secret cell phone of course he's found in flagstaff arizona in his tour oh, bus was it flagstaff? flagstaff arizona outside of that motel the fbi since they didn't find any photos they really needed to you know really wanted to convict him so they were able to, believe it or not, convince Amy to testify against Tony. She was scared to death, but the FBI did a really good job kind of, you know, coaching her up and letting her feel that, hey, there's nothing wrong here. You don't need to be afraid of him. You, you, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. When she, when she signed on, the F, FBI at the end had a total of five quote-unquote brides and 20 others to testify against Tony. So this was the tidal wave is coming. So the problem was that Desiree, young 15-year-old who's living with her aunt, called Desiree a liar. That none of this stuff ever happened. Who we, called her a liar? Desiree's mom. Oh, yeah. She was defending Tony to the nth degree. Right? Well, that's kind of cute, Desiree's mom, but guess what? He ended up getting guilty on all 10 counts. So he got a total of 175 years in jail. The judge decided to make sure that it stacked on... He just stacked everything up, and he ended up getting 175 years in jail. And then when they talked about that, then they go into, which I found very odd, but they see him getting into the van and then locking him up. And they says, oh, he died in 2017. I'm like, wait, what? That's it? I thought it was over. No, they talk about how the Tony Alamo, his foundation is still up and running, which I found very, very interesting. 
They have the website still going. They had that undercover camera. I guess they were in New Jersey or New York. Well, yeah. So let's think about it. The last time, or the first time he was in prison for six years for tax evasion, he ran the church, did he not? Yes. So what would be different? He would still run the church hmm. from his cell, mm -hmm. make recordings. Obviously, they've crunched down all of that because the FBI said that they believed that it was a criminal enterprise. Yes. And they wanted to shut it down. Right. They kind of fast forward Real because quick. to 2012. Yeah. And he had several civil suits that were brought against him. So I guess they had to have some interviews. And some of the things that he said in these interviews is oh, yeah, pretty unbelievable. Is yeah. Tony said, I've made a lot of money in my life. Yeah. Lots of it. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And how much have you made? He's asking the interview. And if you haven't made as much as me, then why, why do you keep thinking that I don't understand? Yeah. And then the interviewer says, if you have money, you're smart. He said, that's what they say. If you're so smart, how come you ain't rich? Don't you ever hear that down in Arkansas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, very arrogant. Mm -hmm. They were talking about how the legal team for ex-members, I guess they've pulled into this one law firm, mm -hmm. has won over $1.1 billion for the children who were raped and or beaten by Tony Alamo, and they're still seizing his assets. Hmm. So I'm not sure how this church is surviving unless they've reincorporated in something else into something else. Well, they were mentioning the they're the biggest is it the biggest congregation is still in Saugus. Oh, I know. That's just that's like I said within I would say 50 miles of where we are. Mhm. Mm yeah, and then of course like I said that undercover camera when they were in New Jersey or in New York where they went to that that private it's like in a restaurant I think it was. Well, yeah, one of the producers of the show, the reason she even got this on her radar was she lives in New York City. They were looking for a new project. Someone handed her a pamphlet. Mm. She put it in her purse, then went back to the office. Somehow she pulled it out that day, started reading it, and goes, what? And she started investigating, and all of this came out. Oh, because they decided yes. to witness behind the flyers. And I think then that's when they sent, yeah, I don't know if it was her or some other producers, with a secret camera, and they went into, it looked like a restaurant, a very nice restaurant, for either a, a church service or a Bible study or something. But I kind of noticed that they looked like they had alcohol and everything else there. So, hey. Yeah, who knows, right? Yeah. Tony kept... In his mind, he was the prophet. He could say and do whatever he wanted. Yeah, the the one thing that was weird is that when they did show the footage of him being already convicted, and he was, you know, in his whole thing, he's like, something to the effect of, are you innocent or guilty? And, shoot, I can't remember, but he mentioned well, that. Well, I have some that I wrote down. Okay, yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, is it the one about attacking him? Is like attacking Jesus Christ? No. The one I was thinking of was when he said that uh, there was two comments. I can't remember the first one off the vague. The other one that really stuck in his head is they go, 
did you just compare yourself to Jesus Christ? And he goes like this on the body of it. So, yeah. I was like, ugh, creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dude was pretty much... He said, they're not just attacking me, they're attacking God. That's what it is, they're attacking Christ. And they're in a lot of trouble, and so all I'm doing is agreeing with God. God, destroy them if they are not going to get saved. Yes, save them. But if they won't be saved, destroy them. Get them out of our hair. This was in 2012. Yeah, that was when he was there doing that that interview, where it looks like it was through a peephole. You know, the, yeah, that was kind of strange. And then you had mentioned that he kind of looked over yeah, at that. Yeah, he kind of looked ca- over at that camera, but I don't think he knew there was a camera because it looked like it was kind of an undercover. It looked like an undercover camera. That's what it looked like. And that's where you, because it was like all, that was where he mentioned that, well, in my church, you know, one girl is aged nine years old and she was saying this, this, and that. And it's like, oh, can we get married? And then he looks over right at the person. It's like, oh, creepy. But the yeah, it was all over, you know, at the end of the day. I'm glad we're done doing this guy. This was just nasty. I was just gross. Just slimy. I mean, the cast of characters we cover, we know that aren't, they're not the greatest human beings. That's why we're covering them. That's why we're covering them. But this one here, holy smokes. It's going to be very difficult when we continue doing, going on this journey with Cole's Coffee and Conversation to find anybody that could we could even compare we don't know yet though we don't know but this one definitely beats everybody i'm sorry of whom we covered so far is he not the slimiest of them all yes a mile now christian said that she was glad he was dead Mm -hmm. but part of her wished he would have suffered serving more of his prison sentence but because he could get away with so much crap, she was glad he was dead. Yeah, because he only served, what, eight years? Yeah, and then he died. He died in 2017. Yeah, so he just recently just passed away. So. Right, a couple of years ago. Just a few years back. So, One of the attorneys said that Tony was not an exceptional person. He was a dumb thug who got lucky. Yeah, agreed. And now that the cult is dead, it's still trying to raise up. Now, I'm wondering, because of this expose, if they're going to have to change the name. Maybe. you know, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting just to be on the the, uh, the bleachers here and kind of take a look and see what, what unfolds. So, you know, anyway, I'm done talking about this. I am done, too. Okay, so... so you know, just real quick shout out to Sundance. Thank you for doing this, this fascinating. I think it's the only word I can really describe this as a fascinating uh, docu series. Mm-hmm. Good job, high five, five stars. Please leave us five stars. We like five <laughs> stars too. I did not know about these folks at all. You knew you were aware of them a little bit. Well, a little bit, not little like bit. this. Not, not like this. So that's it. We're done. Once again, let us know what you think. Give us five stars. Hit us up. Let us know. And on that note, good night, Holly. Good night, Carl.